It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. All right. Thursday, the day before the Tennessee game. God, I take it this, Phil. Football season has flown by. It really um, has, man. It's been a just a blink of an eye. Mm. I, I just think about it. I'm like that week before the week before the the week zero week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, back when we all thought Northwestern was going to be pretty good with Ryan Helinski at quarterback this year, and, uh, everybody was talking about Nebraska kicking an onside kick and. And I hadn't heard much about Nebraska or Northwestern since then. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in Big Ten country. So it's kind of interesting how that happens. But, um, you know, in, in the game in Ireland, and everybody was waiting for beer. And I think they gave away free beer. It's like, hi, oh, you got to wait in line. You got to have a free Guinness. Go Huskers. Go Corn Huskers. Yeah. You know? Corn Huskers. Ah, the Corn Huskers on the Wildcats. Ah. Reminds me of that movie, State in Maine. Go, you Huskies. Go, you Huskies. <laughs> go, go, you Huskies. That's a heck of an underrated movie, by the oh, way. Oh, man, that's an Phil. awesome movie, man. State yeah. in Maine <laughs> is amazing. Uh, we got Chris Phillips coming up high energy at 1130. We're going to need it today. I'm a little tired. Uh, Wes Rucker from Vols 247. Uh, he's our... Uh, one of our Tennessee volunteers, writers at 24-7. I've known Wes a while. Great personality. Uh, probably the Vols guy I wanted to go on. I know several of them and I like a lot of them, but he's he's the guy we want to get on kind of to fit the show and talk about Tennessee. Um, I'm going to ask him a little bit about Tennessee basketball, too, and, and, and maybe a little baseball. I don't know. But uh, Wes is, is good people, and we'll have him right at noon. And then Whittle, we all know John Whittle, right, from the thebigspur.com. He's coming on, and we're going to – Pick his brain a little bit about the hoops game tonight. Gamecocks in Colorado State tip off at five in Chucktown. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Those of you from Charleston, do you not like the Chucktown or Charlie Town? One of my friends lives lives in Charleston and doesn't like that at all. Let me know because I'm not from Charleston. I don't want to insult, uh, certainly don't want to insult anybody that lives down there. We got a big audience in Charleston. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but down in Charleston, the, uh, the Charleston uh, Classic, I think, is what it's called. I don't. The official name of it, Phil, is that is it the Charleston Classic or the Holiday Club? Like Just the Coach O Endless Summer Classic. <laughs> yeah, I, I have had that in my head all day, by the way. We, we made a little meme and put it on our Facebook page and Instagram page about the Coach O Endless Summer. So check oh, that that's out. Great. Yeah, the Charleston Classic. Jason Charleston Classic. Uh, Colorado State and the Gamecocks. And then Davidson and the College of Charleston are in the other game. The winners will play uh, as we move forward. Um, good thing about these tournaments, Phil, is like, you know, you, you still, there's three games where you get three games regardless. Even if you lose, mm-hmm. you still get to come back for more. I've always uh, liked to go. Uh, to events like this in basketball. My dad actually took me to one uh, in 1986, 86, 87. It was George Felton's first year at South Carolina. He had to go to New Orleans. We had to go to New Orleans for some kind of uh, work thing. And the Gamecocks were playing in what was called the Sugar Bowl tournament at the time. Uh, One of the best basketball games I've ever seen. South Carolina came back and beat Vanderbilt 96, 91. 
And I know I remember a score from almost 40 years ago. Uh, but uh, uh, in double overtime, it's one of the best games I've seen. On the other side of the bracket was uh, uh, Villanova in Houston. And uh, Raleigh Massimino was coaching Villanova. And Nova beat them. And the Gamecocks lost to Villanova by 10 the next day of the championship game. Boy, and I was just a kid, so – to me, that was like a devastating loss. I'm like, it's just a Christmas tournament, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but I remember there were some Vandy fans uh, in the stands there uh, at the Superdome, uh, which is still standing, I guess. And uh, they mm-hmm. were going, "Go Vandy, go, go Vandy, go." I don't ever hear that cheer anymore. But uh, no. <laughs> I haven't seen Vandy. Uh, I don't know that I've been to like a Vandy game uh, where they've been really doing much in football. Uh, and I, that's all I've, uh, I've been to lately. All right, so poll question for today, folks, is uh, over under, simple, 24 and a half for the Gamecocks offense on Saturday night. Uh, and, and this is a big concern for me. I mean, because I, I think I think the Tennessee D, I mean, you know, along and along when you look at Tennessee all year, you're like, well, Good on off, great elite off offense. Maybe not so good on defense. But like Josh Pate said yesterday, Phil, with uh, in our interview with him, he uh, he said, "Yeah, well, th- th- they're playing complementary football. That's something you always stress." Yeah, right. I mean, it's so important. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we always talk about that here, and they are, and they are. So, you know, the Gamecocks offense is probably going to struggle. I don't have much faith in the guy dialing them up on the sidelines anymore. I mean, especially yesterday. Okay, so he did two things. He threw his players under the bus during the press conference. Um, and I gave him props right here because I read something off Twitter. I'm like, well, at least he's manning up to it, right? Uh, and that's all I saw on Twitter. So then we'll go back and I look at the transcript and I'm like, my goodness, you know, yeah. you know, you're like, you're like, why couldn't you run the ball? It's hard to run the ball when you turn it over three times. Well, that was in the second half. What about in the first half when you weren't down, you know, 24 points, right? 30 uh, minutes of football before yeah. that happened. And like, you know, <laughs> well, what would you do? Just forget the first half existed? Uh, you know, and, and I thought I thought was throwing the players under the bus. We just got to get better, blah, blah, blah. He did take some – try to take some responsibility. Uh, and then, uh, as Rodney points out, he says, good morning, I'm here to set up the fake punt. Yeah. Yeah, why'd you run it on third and whatever? Oh, I was with Coach Beaver. I was setting up the fake punt. JC, that's why I mentioned the arrogance because, you know, and it's like, and I'm not trying to attack him personally, but as a no. coach, that's just, a, he yeah. obviously has a giant ego. And Which that, is crazy. Why? I know. It's nuts. Where, where are you basing that off of? <laughs> that's, like, that's like me rolling into like a, a, a Chippendales convention, like the best of all time, the best of all time. JC Sherbert, Chippendales dancer, that's best right. of all time. Greatest of all time, you know. I mean, it, it, it's 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 getting bad, dude. I'm probably like, uh, you know, a couple of milkshakes away from being able to reenact the Chris Farley, Patrick Swayze, RIP to both of those beautiful souls. Right, by the way, yeah. uh, Chippendale Skipper Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I mean, seriously, but but that would be like me walking in, like you know, you know, or, or, or maybe I could get, or maybe uh, entering the the hot body contest. We will have a hot body contest. Hot body. Yeah. The coach Owen was some of uh, JC Sherman, the greatest of all time. Winner. <laughs> that would be what was in my mind. If I had that kind of arrogance about what, you know, 
about what I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little arrogant about what I do for a living, right? I think those that that's pretty evident. Um, but I don't I don't walk around, you know, going like I'm the best ever. You know, if, if I sit there, got uh, during my uh, former career and got every number one player in the country wrong, <laughs> and then then was like. Oh, and every day I'm just sitting there bashing everybody. I was like, the NFL sucks. They can't evaluate talent. Like, you know, I, I, I don't really even know how to apply it in personal terms because there's no planet where I would walk around like that if I was that bad at what I do. No, no, you know, there's I mean, no, no call no, for it. No, I would be apologizing to fans. I, I would be, you know, but throwing the players on the bus sucks. Uh, so I mean, I, I, that's where I kind of am like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's not what a good coach does. I, I don't mind being critical of players in press conference. I mean, Spurry's doing all testing, and then but then he says something like, "It's not their fault. It's our fault as coaches for playing them." <laughs> playing them, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not their fault. It's our fault for coaches is playing. But There's uh, no humility yeah. there. I mean, obviously, you haven't put together an offensive juggernaut this year, you know. So even even I'll, Frank Martin didn't always. I mean. You. Yeah. I mean, you know, stop. I mean, it, it just it makes no sense. You're like, oh, you know, and it, it's like. Um, I hope Limbo slaps the crap out of him the next time he sees. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Limbo does his dang job. Limbo actually watches, uh, can dissect what other teams are doing, which is the name of the right. game. Uh, we're just not, we're just, we're not going to worry about the opponent. We're just going to run one million plays. It's time to call 500,791. <laughs> and literally, that's the name of the play. Yeah, that's right. That's the name of 500,781. 500, Poor Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Nana Sports chat box obviously is rocking. Sonder, thanks for getting in early. Rodney, uh, good morning. I'm here to set up the fake punt. Classic. Lance Player, what is up, Killers? What is up, What's Lance? Up, Hope you're. Man? Man, Lance was hurting after that game last week. We all were, and I hope you're feeling better, Lance. And I hope, you know, those of you going to the game Saturday, I was talking to somebody uh, last night about how just – I mean, if, I'm not saying you should, anybody that doesn't want to go needs to go. But enjoy it. Heck, uh, it's been, what, uh, 10 years since Kirk Herbstreet's called a Gamecock game, you know? Yeah. And like uh, Jimmy and, said yesterday, it's like you only get seven of these a year. Take yeah. the family, enjoy the scene, have a great yeah. time. Unless the offense is is bad, you know, and uh, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the weather is bad. I equate <laughs> the weather's bad here. The sun's finally peeking out, uh, and, and I saw, but, but I'm getting the weather here confused with Satterfield's offense. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, let's hope Satterfield plays plays a little harder to the ball control gods this week. Oh yeah, yeah. I did catch that part of the yeah. Did he ball mention ball? I mean, yeah. ball security. Yeah, yeah. It's well, ball that. security. Yeah, don't turn it over. It's fine. Yeah, Tennessee but. forces a lot of turnovers though, and I'm gonna tell you this: if you just run it right at them and try to milk clock, it's not gonna work. No, I, I saw LSU try to do it. Kentucky tried to do it. No, that doesn't work against these guys. You got to kind of well, you got to do what Georgia did, and you gotta you gotta. Grind the run out and, and push them back, which is easier said than done, with, especially if you don't have Georgia's offensive line. Uh, and then keep them, as I always have said all year, keep the opposing defense off balance. Don't, you know, if you become one dimensional and they know exactly what you're going to do, uh, oh, they're just trying to run it and get out of here and not get blown out, they're going to blow you out. 
And it's gonna and even if the defense gives up 63 points, a lot of that's gonna be on the offense because you, you can't you can't necessarily go bombs away like Alabama did, in my opinion. Uh, but you can't necessarily sit there and try to play a rock throwing contest. Now, hypothetically, if you're running the ball at will, this offense works. And then it can work. My offense only works when there's a game on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's kind of like it. It's like my offense only works every third weekend of the month. Because that's how often you're going to be able to run the ball at will at this level of college football, no matter who you are. I don't right. care. You know, and, and look, I think you know, a golden retriever could with a with a with a pogo stick could call plays if you're running the ball at will. It's basically left and right. Let me just pull, put your paw here and put your paw. I mean, you know, come on, man. Yeah. Because it's nothing special they do when they're when they when they're able to get it going play-wise. Uh, Adam says, what, ready for the women's basketball team to whoop Clemson? And the people said amen. That's right. Be shocked if that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> You know, that's uh, yeah. Somebody said one day to me, close to place, like, well, that's about like the football rivalry. Y'all are just South Carolina's just on another level. And I'm like, there's gaps not that big between the football teams, even though I, I agree there's a huge gap. Uh, and that women's basketball gap's pretty daggum large. Mm. Uh, Jared says Pete Limbo's the safe coach on staff. He makes final, I hope he makes the final cut for the Broyles Award. Yeah. And it's interesting. And, and, you know, I don't know how the voting goes for that, but that's going to be. To me, he would be a popular choice because, you know, you can have a great year on special teams, Phil, and not have the highlights that the South Carolina special teams has. Oh, yeah. It could all be quiet, you know, good punter, good good returns. Money, long field goals, uh, Mm. bringing some returns here there. There's just so, so many highlights in every phase. And then you throw the fakes on top of that, which is a direct, uh, a direct credit to to uh, I'm sorry to Pete Limbo, not to Marcus Satterfield for running. Sorry, Marcus. Middle. Sorry, dude. No, no, you get no credit. Um, you know, Adam says he's so clueless and tone deaf in his pressers, it's almost comical. Yeah, it's awful. Carolina Titans in morning all morning. Doc Lance says if DeCarion trots out that tunnel as QB one Saturday night, will he be will erupt? Because we just want to see something different. Uh yeah, you know, Jamie. Jamie's talking that up a little bit yesterday. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in. I, I you know, uh, I don't think you destroy Spencer Rattler's confidence completely by not starting him. But second series, yeah. And I, I thought playing Joiner more uh, against Vanderbilt helped actually help Spencer settle in, you know, right. and go out there and play. Yeah, a drive uh, or two would definitely be good. I mean, hell, what do you got to lose? Yeah, but if, if that's the big plan, is like we're just going to run the joiner package. Come on, man. Just, just, just go out there and run a college. Run, run what you did against Vandy. Uh, let Pete Limbo run offense and special teams. He's a genius and has what it takes to do it instantly better than what we got now. J-Rock, I, I'd love to see Pete Limbo. Like, I, I think if you handed the sheet to Pete right now or let him call it, nah, I don't know, you know. But let's say the bowl game comes around and there's, you know, they need an interim uh, offensive coordinator. I would roll up. I, I would consider limbo quite a bit. 
you know, yeah. for that. Just because he'll have time. He hadn't he hadn't called plays on offense since the nineties, I think. But mm. uh, he's been a head coach and uh, obviously knows what he's doing, and you know, knows uh, defensive formations and offensive formations, uh, like his special teams. I mean. You know, that, that's kind of what Beamer was talking about, like why coaching special teams makes you a, a good coach, head coach, because you coach the entire team. You coach all the different positions on special teams. Um, and I just think the guys, you know, everybody talks about needing to be creative and, you know, some of Satterfield's trick plays are, oh, they're kind of creative and all that. And uh, I take back what I take back any praise I gave his creativity previously. Um, I just take it back. Can I take it yeah. back? Can I take yeah, back praise? Take it all back. Uh, you can take back criticism. You know, take back praise. But uh, Pete Limbo like actually lives it and performs it and does it. You know, that's that's all I got to say. Brian says good morning. Uh, J- Clint says JC with well, a new OC's name sounds something like Wendell Miles. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an English soccer coach. Hello. Yeah. yeah. So it's Wendell. Wendell, Wendell Miles from Liverpool. Coach Beamer called me up and. It's just, you know, how about that? That would be the ultimate. Uh, GameCat fans would have run. Uh, oh Beamer's like, uh, listen, it's the same thing. Soccer's got a lot of similar concepts to SEC football. So uh, we're very confident that Wendell Miles is going to be uh, an outstanding offensive coordinator for us, even though he's never even coached the sport. Yeah, like the reverse Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'm so happy to be. Yeah, like they get it. They, that, that's what they <laughs> No, that's no, Shane Beamer's much smarter. <laughs> That's kind of like high comedy. You know, that would be like a comical thing. Uh, DK about to light it up mayo bowl, bowl, bowl style Saturday night. Interesting. Um, J-Rock says, me too. Our guys are very experienced. Just don't believe they can run sats crap. <laughs> so that's that. Let's, well, we've seen it for 23 games. Uh, Charleston people don't even know that this game, this uh, tournament's going on, Saunders says. Uh, going to the Virginia Tech game at two, though. Oh, yeah, hokey, 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 high tech, tech, B, uh, tech, tech, VPI. That's it. Mm. Um, Marion says he's fine with Chucktown. Not, uh, not that. Uh, you can say Chucktown as much as you want, live there forever. Thanks. Yeah, uh, good. I start the Decarry and Joiner for quarterback thing. Uh, Quantrill says, if you're Auburn, who would you go after, Dabo or Kiffin? To me, that's a tough call. Taught saw on Twitter some smoke with both. Dabo? I haven't heard Dabo yet. I haven't heard that. Man, I just, man, look. Let's just say this about Dabo Sweeney, right? Dabo's a coach, right? Yeah, I mean, most coaches like cheer and, 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 and have the place they work in their hearts and their alma maters, right? Where's Dabo? Where where where'd Dabo go to school? Alabama. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You're going I, I just, to work for your arch enemy. <laughs> I can't see him going to Auburn. I mean, because you have to know, like Kiffin could go in there and thrive in an environment like that. Because Kiffin's looking, where can I win a national championship? Dabo's already at a place he can win a national championship. Um, also, I just can't see Clemson. Being, uh, I mean, that that would be a big step down, quite frankly. I know Auburn's won national championships and, and all that, but, man, our, our national championship and played for another one. But Clemson, I mean, you just – you're talking about going into the SEC as opposed to what you have to beat at Clemson every year. 
and and I just don't I don't see that. Now taking taking over Alabama would be a different story. It's his alma mater, and you know he, Dabo seems to be the kind of guy that respects history and stuff. And I know if he ever gets that job, the first thing he's going to say is, "Mama called." Just like mm-hmm. Bear, just like Bear Bryant did right, when he yeah. took the to left A and M. I mean, I, I that, that, that's the hokiness there. Uh, but um, it's interesting that it's on Twitter that Dabo would be. I mean, I, I can't. I, I if I and if I'm Auburn, I think Lane Kiffin's probably. You know, you want a guy that kind of lives on the edges a little bit, and and you know is, is unique and you know, makes little quips in press conferences and has his own side. Lane kind of has his own brand. It's called Joey Freshwater. Freshwater. <laughs> Joey Freshwater. Uh, you know, but I think, I think if you're Auburn, you need that. You need to, you know, Dabo would be great too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'd, I'd go with Lane. I'd go with Lane. Saunders says Mike Young's technically in the family. You know, why? that's why I was uh, wanting him so hard for basketball coach. Yeah, he'd have been a heck of a hire. If the job had opened a couple of years earlier, maybe he'd have come to the South Carolina, but you know, Virginia Tech and all that. James says, went to the went the year Carolina went to the final four, and all you hear was Frank Martin yelling at his players at that gym. It was so loud. <laughs> That's Frank. Craig says, What y'all think of Sats presser yesterday? Nothing he talks about in pressers translates to the field. Does he go back and listen to himself? I think I don't know what he does. I, I I just I, you know it's like it's like office space, uh, and just what do you do here? <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly, you sitting in front of the bobs lumber. Uh, yeah, well, um, actually, I uh, <laughs> okay. Hi, Peter. <laughs> Gary Cole, man, Lumberg. Uh, what a great role uh, he was in, in Office Space. But yeah, Sat needs to be d- d- drug in front of the bobs. And just what do you do here, sir? What do you do, do here, sir? <laughs> uh, VJ says, is a Skip Holt style spread offense still relevant? Yeah, a lot of the same stuff that's kind of that works these days is uh, similar to what Skip runs. Um, I honestly think if you look at what Clemson does on offense now, and I know it's it's the old Chad Morris that's evolved and all that, they do a lot of stuff Skip used to do back way back when. Um, I, I often wonder <laughs> if, uh, you know, Lou would just not put any constraints on Skip at all because, you know, Lou, Lou was like, hey, control, we got to control the field position. we got to control the clock. We got to run the football, you know, and my son Skip's going to do it all out of a spread formation. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, I often wonder what that offense would have been like. And, and if had we not been maybe talking about him instead of Dan Mullen and Urban Meyer being the, uh, the, the godfather of that, because Skip really was kind of where Dan Mullen and Urban Meyer picked it up from. Little birdie told me that. Uh, Craig says he's putting ten ten thousand dollars on the Vols. Ten ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Uh, Sean said I didn't see Sat yesterday, but I'm going on limb. Say it was exactly like every other presser. We need we need to play better. The offense isn't confusing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, we know. We've heard it all. Yeah, he said I could picture JC rolling into the Chippendales convention to Rod Stewart's. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy. That would be similar to Marcus Satterfield and his opinion of himself on offense. Yeah, it would. 
<laughs> JC, I dare you at 76. I dare you to talk about a few awesome offensive coordinators that are possibilities. <sighs> Rebecca Standridge. Hello, everyone. Hello, Rebecca. What time's the game and channel? It is at uh, today. Uh, if you're talking about the women, uh, I, I know the men. I don't know the, what time the women. The men are at uh, 5 p.m. on ESPNU. I am poster seven. Vols are just trying to decide how many points they want to beat us in the ground by. Jeffrey goes, I'm a 66-year-old fan. I don't deserve this. <laughs> um, Blake says, JC, you and Phil were talking the other day about the I-10 corridor for recruiting. And someone mentioned I-85 as a hotbed as well. How about I-20, Florence, Columbia, Augusta, Atlanta, Birmingham? Yeah, that's a big, long road. Uh, I think how long, 20, go, 20 goes through northern northern Louisiana. Yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, Mississippi, Monroe, Shreveport, East Texas. Yeah, yeah. Now, going through East Texas to DFW and finishing near Midland and Odessa, home of Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I, I would say it gets a little... East Georgia off 20 doesn't produce a whole lot. Augusta is hit or miss. Aiken's good and, and all that good stuff. Uh, Jerry's at JC or six o'clock on the ACC network. ACC network. Okay. Yep. Uh, ACC network. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to need you to go ahead and not call somebody screen passes. Okay. Set. Very cool. Oh, the football game, Rebecca. It's at 7 p.m. Saturday night. ESPN. Kirk Herb mm -hmm. Street and Chris Fowler. God, doesn't it just kill you? Like all the, all the national media coverage coming, and it's like everybody's like, "Oh man, not that, not mm. not the team." Uh, Lance just he, he said, "I want uh, 2010 one more time." Uh, Lance says three real candidates for OC. I don't know about real, not real. If I, you know, th there's talk about Kendall Browse out there. I'll acknowledge it. Uh, you know. Kevin Johns from Duke's a guy that comes up. Graham Harrell from West Virginia is a guy that comes up. I don't really know what's in Beamer's mind as far as that goes. Uh, I, I think the Browse talk comes from the fact that you do have some some former staffers from Arkansas uh, on the staff at Carolina, and there's some connections there, and their fans are not as fired up. Um, yeah. Uh, Todd, oh God, Doug, this is great for Doug, and then we'll get to a break and get Chris in here. Um, oh, where is it? I'm trying to find it. Doug, it's Doug Bell, third oh, from I the got bottom. It. Yes, Todd. Yes. My oh my, Todd. Oh my oh my, another seven for Rocky Top. Tommy, the game guys can't score with a hooker on the field. <laughs> yes, that that's awesome, Doug. <laughs> uh. Uh, Rebecca says, do you remember me from the Spurs up show? No, I don't. I, I don't, when I'm on with him, I don't look at the comments. Maybe I should, but, uh, but, uh, welcome to the show though. We appreciate you. And we got Chris Phillips coming up high energy. Right. I'm ready for this, this week. Curious to see what Chris has to say. Nice. Uh, he, he doesn't hold back, man. So we're going to, um, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Don't forget West Rucker top of the hour. And then Whittle comes on, uh, at the end to talk a little basketball right here inside the Gamecocks of the show. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina... Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Mer Taylor at M-E-R, 
T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is brought to you in the first hour by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271 for all of your upstate residential real estate needs. We're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest hotline by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, how you doing this week, man? Boys, what's going on? I'm doing well. Actually just got off, got off an appearance with uh, Tony Basilio in Knoxville talking Ooh. about Gamecocks Vols. Yeah, yeah, that's a name. It's, uh, it's it's interesting. There's this there's this heated, I don't know if rivalry is the right word, but this uh, you know, the heated exchanges between Gamecock fans and volunteer fans on social media, but I, I don't I don't know what it is, but those Vol people seem to like me. I had a Tennessee people reach out, hey, we'd love to get you on this show, whatever, just fans of of Tennessee. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, it's, it was a lot of fun talking with Tony, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to the game. And I appreciate you guys, obviously, having me on uh, every Thursday. Right? I got after this guy last night. I think he's yeah, we, sitting for tens to be in the media. I did, been, I did see that. I did he's see been, that. He, it was, it, like, since August, he's been writing. He called Shane the next Butch Jones. Oh, um, and I was like, man, I know he may come across that way sometimes, but he's no champions of life. I mean, well, on, ten, ten, listen, Tennessee fans are having success, well, relative having success blast, yeah. for the first time since since God, nineteen ninety eight, practically. So, yeah, yeah, fifteen years, uh, at least uh, twenty five right. years. So right. they they've suffered for a long time. So. <laughs> You know, yeah, so anyway. we were having some fun with him yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I had a little fun, and I was like, I felt bad because I, I just t- tore that dude a new one. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't do that too. Uh, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf, Chris. By the way, Rebecca, the queen of the Spurs Up show, is in our chat box. It says to tell you what's beautiful. up. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay, so Florida was a disaster. I think uh, we all know now through 23 games, Marcus Satterfield's a disaster. <laughs> Tenure needs to end. Like. Right, you know your takeaways from uh, last week in the swamp. Well, first thing, man, I, I love calling Carolina Alehouse a, a business partner, but I've been to Carolina Alehouse Somerville three times, and it has gone poorly all three times. So I think those people never want to see me again. The other foot, <laughs> the other football game I was there for was the Tennessee game last year. Oh, was, when it, yeah. So combined <laughs> first quarter scores of the two games I've been there are forty nine to zero. So wow. I don't think they ever want to see my face again. Anyways. <laughs> um, just show up late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just show up yeah. late. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, take – I mean, listen, takeaways from the Florida game, I mean, it, it's a burn-the-film kind of game. I mean, what, 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 what is there to take away? I mean, you just got blasted. You got embarrassed. And, you know, it, it's – you know, I, I said this earlier this week, guys, but it's the truth. And, and I was asked on Tony Basilio's show about Shane Beamer. Do you believe he's the guy? And I absolutely do, right? I, I think Gamecock Nation would – I think it's the wrong stance to take to be questioning Beamer at this point. It's still so early on in his tenure. But Shane Beamer's got to figure out two things. Number one, he's got to figure out offense. We, we all agree with that. Marcus Satterfield needs to go in the next OC. It, it needs to be a home run. If not a home run, it's got to be a double. Just can't be a swing and miss, right? The offense has got to get better. Mm-hmm. Number two, though, what he's got to figure out is, and this isn't all his fault, but this trend that when South Carolina loses, I mean, they get killed, guys. 24 of the last 32 losses by 14 or more points, that has to stop. 
Like, these games are on national television. Everyone can see them. Everybody can watch, and you're just getting blasted. Like, I can live with the fact that, hey, maybe Florida is more talented than us. Like, they're Florida. Or I can live with that Georgia's more talented. Or Tennessee Saturday is a better team. But, my God, it can't be 21-0 after the first quarter. You can't give up 374 rushing yards. Like, these things have to stop happening, right? So, it's just – that's a game, guys, where you everybody from Beamer to Sat to Clayton White to the players, everybody involved with Gamecock football has to stop and take a long, hard look in the mirror and just am I doing absolutely everything I can – to you know, make this South kind of football program the best it can be. A- am I am I giving my absolute all? You know, I hate to have the corny cliches and the slogans, but like this weekend, I look at it as a gut check game. Like, are you just going to fold and are you just going to roll over and just take it the rest of the season? Or are you going to do something about it? You know what I mean? Um, just an, an abysmal performance from the start. And I mean, guys, it, it becomes comedic at some point, right? I mean, instead of crying, all you can do is laugh at some point. And that's that's inevitably how it played out on Saturday in Gainesville. Yeah, yeah. And you just gotta hope that we've got that bounce back in us again. You know, one more good time, right? Hey, you know, I mean, like, the Gamecocks yeah. have. You know, I, I tweeted this Saturday. You know, against the Florida game, South Carolina undefeated in those home games. Have we considered that possibly the Gamecocks are allergic to the sun? Have we considered that? I mean, vampires. <laughs> I mean, truly. We have a team full of vampires. I mean, is it a full moon Saturday night? I need to know before making a prediction. We're a yeah, nocturnal like a, team. Yeah. Man, I mean, yeah. it's something. Yeah, y'all something. Made, me, made me mention vampires. I'm going to get drug into watching a Twilight movie here soon, yeah. man. Come uh, on. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. The game is at night. Mm-hmm. It is uh, at home. Um, you know, uh, Carolina's undefeated. In that situation, and that's the only you know. Somebody asked me what advantages could South Carolina possibly have besides special teams. I was like, well, uh, if I reached for something, uh, it's that Tennessee has not played very many road games at all uh, in big time environment. Pitt was a nice crowd, and right. that game went to overtime. Believe yeah. it or not, I mean, you, yeah. go, you go back to it. Uh, they played at Georgia, and they played at LSU at eleven o'clock in the morning down yeah. there. Completely, yeah. a little bit different. Than what they'll they'll hear at Williams Bryce, and as we all know, sometimes and you know, and Tennessee's so good on offense, Chris. They're not even like what I would call a rhythm offense. I mean, they do get into a rhythm, but it's not really predicated on like like say Mike Leach's offense, where he says mm-hmm. dink dink dink. I mean, they're just kind of like, okay, if you don't if you don't let us throw it, we're going to run it. If you don't let us run it, we're going to throw it. I mean, and, and then it's, it's weird. It's awesome, mm-hmm. really, to watch. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know if crowd noise will affect them or not. I suppose it could. Um, I don't think they, unlike South Carolina, have a million different checks and audibles and stuff. They have the cadence they have to go through. But uh, that would be something that, that yeah. could potentially factor if Carolina yeah. uh, can't uh, – you know, doesn't just—it's not twenty-one nothing after five. Minutes, yeah, right? and, and I don't, and I don't want to be the guy, guys. That's like, come on, guys, let's pack Willie B. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy right now because. Gamecock Nation showing up is not the problem. It's the team showing up. It's the offense showing up. But I will say I did list as one of my keys to the game is just, you know, you, you got to create an uncomfortable environment for him and Hooker somehow. You got to make things uncomfortable and a little bit chaotic for Tennessee somehow if you're going to have any shot. And we saw, listen, I, I sometimes I think home field advantage is a little bit overvalued and talked about too much, but – I mean, you look at the A&M game, right? They were very uncomfortable. The false starts, 
you know, Gamecock Nation's role in these games at Willie B. And, guys, we've seen it. When Willie B's at its best, it's one of the toughest environments in all of college football to play in. So, um, you know, I, I, I will be in the building. I'm intrigued to see what the crowd will be like on Saturday night. I, I've, I've heard these rumors of, you know, a lot of orange in there. I, I think Gamecock Nation will show up, show out. Listen, it's the last home game of the season. It's a sold-out house, according to Gamecock football. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly you got to do something to create an uncomfortable environment for Hendon Hooker. And Gamecock Nation, again, can play a role in that. I think, too, it, it, it's it's one of those things where the longer Carolina stays in it, obviously, uh, sometimes the old adage is the longer you stay in it, the better chance you, you know, the more the, the, the favored team gets nervous. But, right. heck, Chris, I mean, Missouri was within 28-24 Saturday in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And I went up and got a beer and walked back to my chair, and it was forty nine twenty four. I was like, yeah. "Wow, you know, that's uh, it can change in a blink of a blink of an eye against this bunch." But uh, you know, Georgia seized momentum early and, and kept it and all that right. against them. But I mean, I know Georgia's on a different level, but that's uh, uh, that's going to be. Uh, I think if Carolina does have any chance, uh, and I also think from a an optics standpoint, mm-hmm. you got the prime time ESPN spot. You got Herb Street and Fowler calling it. Uh, you're going to have blimp coverage, right? You know, SEC Nation is there. You got all the new lights and yeah. all that good stuff. Where, where Williams Bryce at times looks like a rock concert. I mean, it looks really cool. Uh, so it is a chance to showcase some parts of the program uh, oh, yeah. that, are, that are positive. But if, if you're down 28 nothing after the first quarter, I, I, you know, people are not going to be excited. It's going to be quiet. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's just going to be like a – some empty seats and a bunch mm-hmm. of orange with some lights, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I'm, uh, I, I do think there are reasons to hope mm-hmm. uh, the Gamecocks stay in it, uh, just from recruiting a lot of recruits on campus, all that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, and does does Vegas know something we don't? Because I think what's interesting is that the spread opens at twenty and a half. I'm not saying Vegas is always right, but again, they don't build those mansions out there in the desert off off winners' money. So <laughs> it opens at twenty and a half. All the money, it seems like, right? All the money's on Tennessee. Yet the spread just stays at 21 and a half. Yeah. So I just I just wonder, I'm like, is Vegas expecting, you know, like a spirited effort from Carolina on senior night? Maybe Tennessee. I, I just don't see a scenario where Tennessee is just going through the motions. Guys, they need to impress the playoff committee. Like they they need to win big. They need to score 70 if they can. You know what I mean? But you speak on, and I want to JC echo what you just said, speak on the festivities around the game, SEC Nation and uh, Fine Bomb on the horseshoe, which I'm actually, by the way, in, ca- in case anybody's going to be out there, we're going to slide out there tomorrow to see Fine Bomb and we'll nice. be out at SEC Nation Saturday morning and uh, I'm going to try to hook up Feinbaum and the SEC Nation guys with, with some Beamer ball stuff just to spread the good word. But like you mentioned, it's a big commercial for counter football. I mean, this weekend can definitely still serve as a positive. Again, you're selling the program. I'm sure Beamer will, will appear tomorrow on Feinbaum talking about the program, what have you. And, uh, uh, you know, but, but of course, y- y- you need the game itself. Like, you can't be down 28 to nothing after the first quarter, right? You kind of undo all the good you just did in the, in the last 24, 48 hours of, of selling your program. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's when you look at this one, guys, I mean, again, Vegas is really intriguing, the number. But, I, you know, there have been times this season, and there's just times, right, where a fan base you feel like overreacts a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit more, quote-unquote, doom and gloom than is deserved. I think Gamecock Nation has acted about on par for the performance we saw last Saturday. I, I don't think anybody's over the top this week. Like, I don't think this football team, sorry about it, sorry, not sorry. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt going in this game. Tennessee's a juggernaut. I mean, they just scored 66 on Mizzou's defense. What are they going to do to you? And, and here, here's what's scary, guys. 
people don't realize this. Tennessee runs the football more than they pass it. Like, they run the yeah. football extremely well, which sets up the pass, and you just gave up 374 rushing yards to Florida. So, you, you need to hope Tennessee plays their worst game of the year. I mean, just bottom line, to, to really have a shot. And, you know, unfortunately, this is set up to be a game where if you cover, that's a minor victory. I hate saying that. I'm not a moral victory guy. I'm not a moral victory guy. But, like, you know, I almost look at this game, guys, as this is almost more of – Put together a solid performance, something you can draw positives from to set up next weekend. Because as we all know, if you win next weekend, it doesn't automatically make the season a success, but it does cure a lot of the, you know, the ill feelings we have to this point, right? So, anyways, looking at this game Saturday night, um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know how you slow down the machine that is Tennessee. Uh the beauty of the Browse and, and, and what Heupel does now is a little different. It's evolved from when he was at, he was at Missouri. And of all people, Will Muschamp had his number. And uh, I, Will Muschamp may still have his number, looking at what Georgia <laughs> did to him. I mean, you know, I, something, somebody needs to call Will and then say, hey, man, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you do this? Um, he'd probably just say, you know, put his face in the fan and liked it. And, you know, well, we, we built we built a great program. It all it all starts in training camp. Gap integrity. Gap integrity. <laughs> <laughs> put a That's hat a, on a hat. Vertical That's field a, position. Vertical field position. Put a hat on a hat. <laughs> no, no, there's something he does with them that's uh, it's a little. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. But uh, he's involved in the, the beauty of the browse system. I think, and we see it working in different forms in Arkansas. And I know KJ without KJ Jefferson this year, it's a different offense. Uh, at Ole Miss, uh, and you know, because Jeff Levy left a big imprint on on Lane Kiffin, as did Kendall, and now here with Heupel, mm-hmm. you know. So looking forward, uh, your thoughts on and, and we had Josh Pate on yesterday talking about, um, you know, what you know. Hey, look at what Tennessee's doing on offense. So if you're looking for a new offense, something similar where you could spread the field, run it, and throw it, uh, you know. Uh, could work at, at a place like South Carolina because it's such an equalizer. Yeah. So your thought, your thoughts about maybe Carolina moving in, a, you know, not an identical direction, but a, a yeah. similar direction, because obviously that, that type of system can adapt to a lot of different personnel. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to see it. I mean, listen, guys, we just want to be productive score points, <laughs> right? Obviously. I mean, that, that, that's, 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 that's what the game is now. It's an offensive game. I mean, we all know this and I, and I hate the fact that I feel like I'm having the exact same conversations I was having two years ago or three years ago about, hey, we need to score points. We need to have productive offense. Offense, you know, we maybe we can't do this 12, 13 personnel thing you're talking about. We need to be going down the field and be explosive and be, and be dangerous. Just be a threat. Just be a threat where teams play us and say, going to be tough for our defense this week. Every defensive coordinator must be licking their chops when they see us on the schedule. It's just like, well, we know what we're getting with these guys. Going to be slow, monotonous. Going to be a great, great opportunity for us to improve our points per game average. You know what? What I think is interesting too is, and I know you asked about, you know, implementing it. It is South Carolina. I mean, I, I think that, you know, people ask me about who, who would you like to see the next OCB. I, I mean, I, I just want to see a forward thinking, spread it out. Uh, you yeah, know, innovative, innovative type of coordinator. I, I don't know exactly a name, but you know, someone who has a track record of success. Who, um, you know, this whole check with me thing, dude. My God, that just throw that in the garbage. You know, something. Yeah, something up tempo, fast. You know, quick. You know, make them think. We don't need to be the ones thinking. Make them think, right? Make them think a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I'd love to see it. I mean, obviously, everybody's looking at Tennessee, just kind of trying to figure out what are they doing. Can we do it? 
all that stuff. And at some point, you, you got to be who you are. But, uh, you know, yeah. it's interesting, man, speaking of those Tennessee guys, and when you get further away from the program, you know, everybody talks about the offensive line. I, I think a lot of the reason the Gamecocks are recruiting the way they are, and I, I think we're much better than, you know, we, we've shown at times. And I think the offensive line's come along quite a long way since early in the season. But continuing to pr- improve up front, I mean, again, Tennessee's foundations running the football uh, when you can run it for damn near 200 yards per game, it opens up everything else. I don't disagree with that. But, uh, you know, it, it, being that high-flying explosive offense is something you want to be. But you look at Tennessee, guys. I, I know Tennessee's talked about is they're not very good defensively. I mean, they're giving up 22 points per game. I know they're giving up 288 passing yards per game. But I think the reason that probably is is because they're getting out so far ahead of everybody, teams are having to throw the ball, right? That's how they're gaining their yards. They're trying to throw their way back in the game. So, um, you know, it'll be a challenge again for Spencer Rattler and this group. And God, it's it's this this South Carolina's offensive aptitude is is so much more about them than what any defense is doing. I think, guys, at this point, I, th- I know y'all probably agree. It's it's so much more about Carolina's just just lack of. And you know, this will be the first time I've said this. I think in the Shane Beamer era, you know, I, I normally stick to the the player matchups and how the team but I, for the first time I'm willing to say I, I think Tennessee's coaching staff is just going to coach circles around Carolina Saturday night maybe not in special teams you know I, I, Shane Beamer and Pete Limbo have got that figured out but Marcus Satterfield is going to get folded into a pretzel on Saturday night and Clayton White probably the same and I like Clayton White a lot but I just they, they've shown me nothing to think otherwise that uh, Tennessee's just going to it's they're going to have their way so um, hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those those things where you know I'd feel, but and you, you talked about the check with me. Yeah, Spurrier used to do that. But yeah. Oh yeah. When you have Steve Spurrier on the sidelines and he's got and you know, he's doing his you know and he's checking and, right. re- and he's looking at the defense, I'm fine with that, right? Because chances are, even if that Joker called two straight timeouts, he was going to dial up something yeah. that's going to be a first down. Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I've got a great relationship with Brad Lowing. I, I know y'all know yeah. that name, and so I've I've talked with Brad, and you know, he he's he's told me that you know, you know, Coach Spurrier, greatest greatest offensive mind I've ever been around, and he told me he's like, you know, if he knew, and you talk about the check with me, it's why I bring this up. He said he if if he knew what your safeties were doing, it's over, it's over. He'd pick yeah. you apart, and there were certain D coordinators that you know they do the check with me. He'd see what the safeties are doing, or the defense would 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 kind of show right. They give it away. And just Coach Spurrier gonna pick you apart. So that's Coach Spurrier, though. Yeah, it's like it's like hey, check with me now. It's like hey, hey, Spencer's looking over and poor Spencer, man. He just every game it seems his eyes get a little wider, and he, he just he, <laughs> there's a look of astonishment, and he's like, yeah. all right, yeah. And then, then it's like an eight man box, and it'll like dive play. Brilliant, brilliant call, Mister. Like like it, sometimes I'm like, yeah, we we do all these checks, and I'm like. It's crazy how much work it takes for us to gain a yard or two yards. Like, like you'd think if you're doing all these checking, it's to like some some you know we really got them here. We got them, you know. So I, yeah, it's like, rarely got, do we ever get them. We've got them right where we want them now. Right, right, you know, right, this guy, right, right, right. he's the Doctor Evil of play. Right. I mean, he's just anyway. Yeah, I, I have no faith, no faith at all. No. Um, basketball today, pretty. Uh, you know, relatively big game early. Colorado yeah. State. This tournament's got some good teams in it. Uh, uh, I got lit on fire by an idiot on Twitter because I put a poll question up saying, "Are you encouraged?" I didn't yeah. think "encouraged" was a big homer term, but I guess yeah. it is. Uh, 
encouraged by the start. I, I still think it's safe to be encouraged. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's work to be done, but uh, your thoughts on this tournament coming up for these guys? Yeah, I mean, why would you not be encouraged after beating your arch rival? I mean, that's, like encouraged right. is a, right. not a not a, like yeah. Twitter. Twitter's not exactly the place you go for. Uh, for sensible conversation, if yes, you will. Yeah. Uh, not not I, quite. Not quite. I'm going to learn my lesson someday. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I hear no, you. I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I, I think I saw, by the way, great use of Twitter. I saw Phil tweet. It just said, I love Twitter. I wanted to be like, yeah. Phil, great tweet. A, <laughs> a plus quality tweet from Phil. Twitter is fun. Yeah. Straight yeah. yeah. <laughs> place. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm excited, guys. I, I'm, you know, I, I think that, you know, when there's, South Carolina's got still a lot of unknowns. I mean, I think maybe Gigi Jackson's a bit of a known, but, you know, I, I, when you speak on encourage, man, why are you encouraged? Well, it's just something new. It's something fresh, right? You're learning as you go. And even if you don't win every game, like we're we're all kind of, we're you know, we're, we're on this ride together with this team, with Lamont Paris, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, learning about this basketball team. So I did pick Colorado State to win, I think, offensively. They're a little bit better than South Carolina, right? But, hey, Gamecocks are favored by one and a half, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And I will say to those listening, my our, as football season comes to an end, the the basketball coverage will continue to increase. It's just tough right now because, obviously, football is king and we're, really oh, yeah. in, the heat. we're in the heat of it. Mode. But, yeah. but no, I mean, I, I'm excited for the tournament. I, I think these early season, you know, early season tournament play, again, it's, it's just – Figuring out what do you have, right? But but I think for most people, the expectations for year one of Lamont Paris, hey, just beat Clemson and get Gigi Jackson to the NBA. Like, like outside of that, I mean, it's kind of, again, it's just a blank slate. And I think it's smart for fans to go into this season looking at it as a blank canvas type deal. You know, nobody's expecting, oh, you got to make the NCAA tournament year one. Like, I don't think anybody's expecting that, man. But I think what you saw against Clemson, what I'm really encouraged about as a team that's just playing free offensively. You know, I've never seen a team shoot so many three pointers. It felt like, and just kind of have the have yeah. the green light to pull the trigger. And uh, you know, w- when they're hot, it'll be fun to watch. And when they're not, you know, you- you'll probably lose some ball games. But that's okay. I mean, again, this is a learning, growing thing. Nobody expected Lamont Paris to have it all figured out and together year one. And you know, so again, it's an intriguing matchup against the Colorado State team. This will be the best team you've played all year. And We'll see how the Gamecocks match up. But anytime you get in these tournaments, right, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, excited to watch the Courtcocks at 5 o'clock today. And it's double Elim tournament. But we'll, we'll just – we'll kind of see how far they can go and, and go from there. Also, by the way, excited to watch the women beat the living hell out of Clemson. Yeah, that's, that's a, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Uh, 7 p.m. ACC Network, Phil, right? Yes. On that yeah. one. I, I don't always have the women's basketball schedule yeah, in front of me. I watch them and, and all that. But, yeah, that, that one's not going to be – I thought about – honestly, I thought about going just because it's like – I know we're going to win. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you just know you're going to win. Like, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. a couple of years ago when Little John was getting remodeled. They played women's basketball at like a like a like a high school gym or a Don Stanley. They, I think they went up there one hundred and two to thirty something right, or something right. like that. that, that so yeah. it's interesting. All right, Chris, man, looking forward to chatting with you on the Spurs Up Show uh, right after I get off from here at one fifteen. And uh, as always, great stuff. JC, Phil, always a pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me on. Talk to you soon, JC. Thanks, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Phil, we have a troll in the ch- chat box. See that? Yeah, he was very negative here. Christian is very Christian. Negative. Christian. Uh, no, I think he's a Clemson fan because he said y'all or some oh. other fan. A very good football argument, and he called somebody an idiot. Uh, <laughs> let me scroll back. What exactly has anyone or coach said that makes you say? think sat being gone is a done deal uh that's what i get paid for bro <laughs> you know uh 
Uh, I, I I suppose there's, I mean, it, it, let's just say I think it's done. Uh, I mean, let me, no, let's just say I am confident that, and I think anyone with a brain, uh, Christian, and and no offense to you, you may not have one here, uh, would uh, would know that, that that there needs to be a change. Uh, anyone with a brain knows that. That's that's Gamecock fans. Coaches Shane Beamer, Ray Tanner, uh, Kirk freaking Herb Street, uh, Evil McCheese, uh, Evil McCheese. But uh, anybody knows that. All right. So then this lame argument here, you know, Christian's like, what are you, a physics guy, a physics professor? This is logic. Uh, It's so logical. Oh, logically. If he's going to be fired, tell me, what is the point of continuing on with him the last three games? There's two with terrible offense to look horrible and push away recruits. Uh, well, there's only two games left on the regular season, Christian. I'm sorry that math is not your strong suit. Uh, and um, it's not pushing it. Look, I keep up with Gamecock recruiting pretty closely. Uh, there's not a single recruit out there right now that said, ah, I'm leaving because of Marcus Satterfield's coach in the last two games. <laughs> Nobody says that. They have a great group of guys coming in this weekend for that game. Uh, so he's like, cause he's not leaving. No, <laughs> that's that, that, you know, that's like looking outside and saying, Hmm, the sky is gray today. All that crap about this being a blue planet is uh, completely stupid. Um, Chris is like, I just presented a very good factual argument. Please give me a legitimate coherent answer and I'll discuss. Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, so you don't think the argument's a good question, blah, blah, blah. Again, what's the point in keeping set the final three games? There's two games left. Yeah, you're assuming they're going to retain him for two or three weeks, I guess, for the bowl game is what, you know, your third game argument is. It doesn't make any sense here. You know, Christian says bowl game. Now, if he coaches the bowl game, that's going to be an issue, a huge issue. Yeah, that's when it becomes a big problem. Yeah, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's not, uh, I, I, I never said the bowl game was in play, right? So I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the one about why keep him, what's the point? Well, there's nobody else to really take over. And, uh, you know, as far as am I defending this? No, I'd have, I'd have punted after Georgia and, and or Missouri um, because of those two opportunities, you have lesser opponents coming up that you, your likelihood of winning the games are still high if, if you have a guy that's kind of getting uh, – you know, his feet wet, but with this gigantic playbook, but I understand why not right now with two left after Florida, because you don't have time. I mean, you got, you got two days to prepare or practice for the number four team in the country. And then you got like Thanksgiving next week, which that Clemson week game prep is always sort of tight for both teams because of the holiday. Um, So when are you really supposed to like get a new play caller in a groove? You're not. Okay. And I understand that side of it. Now, if it were me, gone. <laughs> uh, probably after Georgia, because that was a pile of crap game plan as well. Um, you know, so I, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, he said, I can tell you, Sat will definitely be coach of the bowl game, LOL. But I'll be on here after your bowl game and discuss again. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, if I can help it. Um, but if you, if you have some super secret information, uh, you know, then uh, about sack staying, then that's fine. But I think you're just a, a ridiculous troll. 
Uh, but enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. You're making this money. Yeah. We appreciate um, the engagement. Millward says, tired of this debate. Firing him does not fix things. It actually makes things worse. You aren't wrong, but there's no benefit in firing him now. It just gives fans a scalp. I, I'm, I tend to think that's the logic uh, at this point. Now, is it fair to say maybe maybe you should have saved the season after Georgia? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and the, the disappointing thing about it is when whenever the offense has shown signs of life, the next game, it reverts back to this dump truck dumpster fire. So, uh, all right. Anyway, troll, uh, <laughs> have a good one. Christian, the troll, we need to make up a little moniker for him. Hey, I'm Christian, the troll, Christian, the troll, <laughs> a, a UNC fan. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You're not even a Clemson fan. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, you know, that's, uh, y'all are, UNC's having a good year on the football field. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so stay and then stay uh, through the offseason and right on up to the opener in Charlotte, buddy. Would love love for you to love for you to be right in here after that that that, that one next uh, next opener when uh, South Carolina has a, has a new offense. And uh, I think they beat North Carolina for eight out of the eight, the eighth time in ten games, something like that. Go Heels! I hope you watched Gigi Jackson play today too at, at 5 right. p.m. on ESPN. Still sore about that one, aren't you? Yeah. All right. So we got Wes Rucker coming up here. We're going to get a break right here inside the Game Cost Show. Going to talk a little balls and, you know, find out just, just how good are they this year uh, after these messages. If you're a listener, you know, I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game Cox. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. 
God, I heard that monthly fees low too. So I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nanasporch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas family vacations a new car a new boat all cost money but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now i help consulting can help you finally get the kids to disney world upgrade the minivan or drop that new boat in the water next summer let daniel and i help consulting consult with you no fees just savings you pay them a percentage of those savings save on essential services credit card fees you name it let them find it these folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net. Wes is running a couple minutes behind, but as soon okay. as he gets in, we will put him on through. And the man. troll is continuing. He's flexing over here. I, I said, listen, he's like, listen to this. Uh, the GG argument is so dumb. UNC is head and shoulders over USC in basketball. That's true. Wow. I mean, I don't, I think that's a genius who figured that out. Oh my God. That's like the Tennessee fans punching down on us this week. It was like, we know you're better. <laughs> North Carolina's better than South Carolina in basketball. My you God. Shocking. It's a shocking. It's very shocking. Now, um, look, Christian, and I actually think North Carolina in basketball probably could win it all this year. Yeah, Hell, they almost they did last year. They're a good team, yeah. I mean, and and I was kind of happy for Hubert Davis beating Mike Krzyzewski in his last game. <laughs> oh. I enjoyed that, too. I really did. North Carolina <laughs> swept them last year. They didn't beat – they didn't uh, – I think – I don't think Duke won in – Duke didn't win in Chapel Hill either. So – you yeah, know, they showed him the door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like, oh, see you later, Coach K. Nah, it's uh, one, one good thing about North Carolina basketball. My friend Ryan Bartow and I talk about it all the time. It's never boring. It's a never a boring basketball game when you watch them play. Um, we've watched all of us in South Carolina watch North Carolina play our whole lives, you know, because the ACC connection and uh, all that. So, you know, I just think it's kind of funny to uh, UNC fans coming into the chat box trying to stir stuff up. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I know. I appreciate the compliment, Christian. I, I really do. And uh, uh, actually, you know, next time that we can all kind of talk smack is, uh, you know, uh, in the game in Charlotte to open the season next year. And that'll be the last one in Charlotte. They play for a while. It's home and home in the later part. 
of the decade. So Carolina will be going back to Chapel Hill. Um, and uh, I think if you are right and Marcus Satterfield still the OC, uh, it'll probably be a, a sea of baby blue and a bunch of blue empty seats at Bank of America. <laughs> yeah, uh, be a lot of blue. <laughs> it, 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 a lot of blue. A lot of if not, you know, it should be a heck of a crowd and and a heck of a game. And and certainly, you know, you can't argue with what Mac Brown's done this year after a, you know, I guess a iffy start, especially on defense. But they've won. They went. They won anyway. And now they're 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 rolling. You know, with the exception of Notre Dame, which is. They probably should crown Notre Dame the ACC champs this year since they beat Clemson and North Carolina both. But, you know, that's the deal there. But, I, yeah, but thank you for listening, and we'll go back to the Gamecocks. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, like Chris was saying earlier about the pageantry and stuff surrounding the game, you know, that doesn't happen to South Carolina often. And I, I kind of know they're, you know, they're really kind of in town to t- for Tennessee to – you know, see if they can continue to roll toward the playoff. Um, and I think Tennessee will show up with one of their 1990s style crowds. I think it'll be a lot, there will be a lot of orange, but I think, you know, when you talk about that, there were, there was a lot of orange in Athens, um, uh, less than I thought there would be, you know? So, uh, and, and I know some people that have sold their tickets. I mean, a friend of mine sold her tickets on, on Ticketmaster, right. And, um, they sold in 10 minutes. I mean, like Taylor Swift style. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like Taylor Swift style, like sellout, like boom, uh, with a big markup. My guess is because you can't track who, what, if they're fans or of who or what. My guess is they're Tennessee people gobbling them up, but that's just a guess. Um, and Knoxville, you know, the state of Tennessee is in close proximity, uh, especially East Tennessee. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But I, I do think if you're a Gamecock fan. Um, despite the fact that you're never going to, you know, even if Carolina got out, let's say, let's say Tennessee makes a mistake and fumbles and, and, and the game packs have one of their good starts. They make some things happen on special teams or whatever and get up, you know, let's say 14, nothing or so you're not safe. You no, don't feel safe. Well, give me five minutes. I'll, I'll erase that. Yeah, don't and go get uh, a beer out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> put the put the, the 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 child's potty next to your chair and just go. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I don't know if that's really feasible or not, but uh, anyway, especially never mind. That's disgusting. Um, Nana Sports chat box rocking and rolling all along with our poll question. Let's see what our poll question says. Uh, over or under. Um, 24 and a half. And uh, I think a lot of people, it's kind of, oh, under is at 90%. Mm. So, I mean, wow. I just, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Not a lot of faith in the scatter shot offense. <laughs> so, you know, but I, 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 I don't know, you know, it, it, the crowd could play a factor if things get close. And and the only reason I say that is because Tennessee hasn't necessarily played uh, in a, a big bunch of, you know, SEC loud venues this year uh, at night at all. In fact, I don't know, Phil, that they've played a night road game. Let me Matt Pitt was in the, the day. Uh, it was it's, it's an afternoon kickoff. The guy, I think it got dark because it went to overtime. 
Um, at LSU was noon. That was the day of the Kentucky-Carolina game. Three straight home games. Then at Georgia, they lost, and that was a CBS kickoff. And then mm-hmm. Missouri was daytime kickoff. Well, that's 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 at home, though. Yeah, so it's their first road game uh, at night this year. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, too. I mean, even though if they are sucking up tickets, they're not at all confident that they're going to dominate the stadium because there hasn't been a whiff of checkering Willie B. Because you know you have no chance <laughs> doing that. Now, 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 that, that, now, their game at Vanderbilt the next week. Now that that may look like yeah, a small a che- kneeling. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a checkering coming in that one. Yeah. Like, there, there's a checkering coming. Um, and so that's the the deal there. Seventy six K says, right? Does anybody actually want to keep Satterfield? I think my maybe he's not the only problem. Take as close as to it. And I have been insulted for it by everyone, including JC. I'm not insulting you. I'm just disagreeing strongly. No, you know, and, and only we tend not to try to deal in absolutes, eight jam too. I mean, he's not the only problem. We get that, but the biggest by he's far. The biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll say this having a limited offense affects your entire team. We've seen that here over the years where Carolina's had uh, pretty good defensive teams and offense couldn't score. And some of those games still got out of hand with the opposing offense, you know, uh, just because it, it's complimentary football. Like Phil always talks about, you leave your defense on the field constantly over and over. They get worn down if you can't score. Uh, and also scoring touchdowns, uh, no matter how you do it, is a momentum boost to your team. It, it's it's deflating when you can't score, it's, it's more deflating. Actually, this is less deflating than, than some of the must champ era situations where, you know, McClendon would have a nice drive uh, or Roper or whoever, and then they get inside the 10 and not score. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. Um, and this happened here a lot too, but uh, the Florida game, there, there's never any, uh, you know, never any thought. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about like, getting deflated in that way, but that's why I disagree. I mean, cause it's it's and I am I am on team. I'm not blaming the players. You know, can some players play better? Yes, that happens every week in every program. Uh, you got 85 guys on the roster. You start 22. Some guys are going to have bad games. You know, that's just how it is. That doesn't mean they suck. That doesn't mean they can't have a good game the next week. Um, but this is college football. These are college kids. Even the pros will have a bad game. You know. Uh, even the best quarterbacks in the NFL sometimes will throw three picks in a game or something like yeah, that. I mean, it's Josh just Allen these past couple of weeks. He's been yeah, off, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, they're still favored to go to the Super Bowl. Ah, oh, Phil, you mentioned the NFL. I know. Mm-hmm. If, Mar- if Marcus Satterfield's out there listening, he's like, "Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. That's Omaha. what we're playing for, right?" <laughs> I've got a, I, Spencer. Come, come hither, Mister Bigglesworth. Open the door for Spencer. I just can't believe how he would have us, you know, think that, you know, Pete Limbo has been captured by the Scooby-Doo crew. They pull yeah. his mask off and he's underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> it was Marcus Satterfield all along. And then Satterfield goes, you damn kids. It worked for you damn kids. Damn kids. That dog. What? Like, wow, Scoop. It's Marcus Satterfield. Like, wow. Boy, Wash Marcus. I would have gotten away with it too. I would have gotten away with it too. If it he, he, he gets Spencer. Come, come hither, Spencer. 
I have the perfect audible call. I'm calling it Omaha. <laughs> oh my God. But no, AJ of two. I'm the sorry. Only, the only group that, that look at me stuff works at is in the special teams. You can see them over there looking at it and then they make an adjustment and it works. Almost <laughs> Pete Limbo time. just like touches his ear and they're like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Pete Limbo. Um, Gosh, you had one of the one of the people uh, that they sell shirts. It's one of these Instagram accounts. It's not it's not the Spurs Up Show, uh, but they have Limbo Ball. Oh, I saw uh, that T-shirt. Yeah. I need to get one of those. I'm buying one. I'm buying one, and then I'm buying one for the show to give away. But I'm only going to get one size. So the, the, I'm going to probably get an XL. So those of you that aren't XL, you, you're not eligible unless you want to. You know, join me at the Hard Body Convention. <laughs> I can, yeah, extra. I'm wearing a medium. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a smedium. <laughs> um, extra smoke needed from the mystery machine for all of us, please. Oh, yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, oh, whoa, the ball, Scoob. Like, yikes. <laughs> um, visiting with family next month. Best place to stock up on merch. Gamecock merch to follow. Uh, gosh. When I was in town, I went to Adams University Bookstore on uh, Assembly uh, to get it. And then Gamecock Traditions, I think. I know they're selling online again. They closed their previous stores, but there used to be Jewelry Warehouse or whatever. Um, but Gamecock Traditions is back up and running. I just don't know where their physical uh, location is. But uh, Adams was good for me. I was, you know, when, when I was in school there, Adams was kind of up on the corner and wasn't as good, I guess. Uh, but they've they've got uh, they've got a lot of stuff, man, in, in Columbus, right there downtown, next to I think the subway. Uh, it's near Whaley's Mill. Uh, I'm trying to think, just uh, as you go toward the stadium on Assembly, right there on the left. And when I was in Columbia uh, last, that's where I stocked up on some pretty cool stuff, and I got stuff for my, uh, um, you know, my the kids and all. They like wearing the shirts to say Cox. They think it's funny. I wear it to school. So uh, anyway, so no Wes yet, huh? No, no. He said he was. Uh, we got tied up interview interviewing Hypel, and then he was. Uh, what did he say? He said, "Can't get away from Vitello." Ha ha ha! I don't know Vitello. So, oh, uh, Vitello's their baseball coach. Hey, oh, tell, tell, okay, okay. ask him. Just say, "Hey, man, is do you have any availability tomorrow?" And ask him about tomorrow. Okay, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're running up against it. So, no, West Rucker, we're gonna scratch him. And if not, just tell him, "Hey, we'll talk to him uh, down the road or something." Um, you know, because that's uh, I, I, I don't want to just get him on for like five. And I know Whittle's got something later today uh, that he's got to do. And he's, I think he's got to get on the road to Charleston as well. Oh, actually, uh, he just popped in, JC. All right, let's do it then. Yes, Rucker. Yeah, Sorry, right, I stand right, corrected. Yeah. No, you're good. Hey, Wes, we're not going to give you any uh, time to get ready. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing all right, guys. First off, I, I apologize for for being tardy and for being in my car. But uh, Josh Heupel uh, was a little bit late after this morning's walk through to his presser. And then I'm getting ready to walk out of the complex and I bump into Tony Vitello. And if you know anything about Tony Vitello, <laughs> anytime you see Tony Vitello, you can kiss about 30 minutes of your life goodbye. So uh, <laughs> so just got to my car now. I'm sitting here in the Honda and we're good. Yeah, you sound great. You look good, look warm. Uh, and nice beard, man. I hadn't seen you in forever. So uh, nice beard. 
Yeah, you actually, I cut about 10 pounds off of it last night. Uh, my, wow. my wife, yeah, my, my wife came back from uh, Canada. She was there for about a week on business and she looked at it and she went gnarls. And every time she, every time, every time she goes gnarls, I'm like, okay, I'll trim it a little bit. So, gotcha. so here we are. We're a little, we're a little more svelte today. I had to say, I was going to say, hype will be in late today. The only thing I could think of that would require extra preparation for our team would be special teams. So, is he working a little harder on that? (laughs) I mean, I mean, honestly, he might. And I asked him about that today specifically. I said, you know, with with all the stuff, and and Tennessee prides itself on being very good on special teams. It usually is. This year's no real exception. They've been good for the most part, like usual. But um, South Carolina, what they do every week on special teams, I mean, you have to pay attention to it. And he said that. You know, they've been very cognizant of it and they're they're not doing um, too much more than they normally do. But that's also coach speak. I mean, the fact is, when you play these guys, you have to do more stuff on special teams or be ready for it. Well, what's caused this uh, offensive explosion up there? You know, I, th- I think, uh, you know, a lot of folks kind of scratch their head a little bit about the hypo hire and, you know, myself included and a lot of Tennessee people I know, too. But uh uh, it's worked out in spades and, uh, you know, kind of walk us through uh, the evolution uh, of this offense and, and why it's like the toughest thing to stop a college football. Well, I mean, I, I think you've got a combination of, of factors that have all come together at the same time. One, Heupel's offense uh, is good. It just is. Everywhere he's been, uh, even when his teams haven't been great, uh, they have always put points on the board. These guys score points. Uh, this offense, it, it, they spread you to the max um, horizontally. They go at a faster tempo than anybody in the country. They take vertical shots. They Their entire program in all facets is designed to put stress on you from the opening kickoff. And they put that's why all year long I, I've never coached a, or, or been through a season where I've seen more consistently coaches on the other sideline just going ballistic every week because these guys just put pressure on you with the way they play. And that's part of it. The other part of it is Hendon Hooker was just born to play in this offense. Uh, his skill set fits it perfectly. Um, and then you've got receivers like, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, who are all going to be high round picks in the NFL. Ramel Keaton's a good player, two senior tight ends, um, one of the better offensive lines in college football, other than maybe left tackle where they, they're not great, um, but but they're pretty darn good everywhere else and they're okay at left tackle. Uh, and then two senior tight ends who can do everything. And and they're not great players, but they're they're good for what they need to do. And you put all that together and you get this offense. I mean, it's just they're all I think the entire starting lineup is juniors or seniors uh, and they're just they're old. They're good. They know what they're doing in the second year of this system. And they are fully singing from the the same hymnal all the time. They're on the same page and they believe in what they're doing. I think as impressed as I've been with the Vols offense this year, their defense doesn't get enough credit. Um, you look at the total defense numbers, they're not ranked that high, but then you look at rushing defense, scoring defense. Uh, and I watched the LSU game, and that, that's kind of when I got a little bit of a wake-up call about this unit. LSU could do nothing with that defense. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think that what they do, they're able to take chances and gamble and play fast and free because they know even if they give up a big play and make a mistake, the offense is getting it back and scoring. In, in, in however many minutes. Yeah, I think that the thing about Tennessee's defense, the, there's a bit of a misnomer there in that if you look at some statistics, they're not going to look great. Uh, but Tennessee plays offense faster than anybody in the country. And Tennessee games have more plays than other games. And, and it's kind of a simple thing that if you have 
a few extra drives in every game, there's going to be more yards. There's going to be more points. That's just kind of, you can't, you know, you can't have one without the other. And, and, and so I think that makes, especially the rushing defense numbers look even better um, because they're, they're jumping on people. And when they do that, that makes it hard to run the ball. It really does because the clocks, you, you know, the clocks, uh, you're in your, your enemy at that point, And you feel like you have to generate splash plays to keep up with them. Um, they are a very risk reward uh, defense, high risk, high reward. Uh, they're going to come after you. They are pretty good on the defensive line, uh, not so good on the back end, uh, especially lately. They, they're like three of their top corners have been out. It's been kind of a mass unit there, uh, and they will give up some big plays. They just will. Uh, that's just what they do. They, they put that much pressure on you. They play as vertical as they do, um, but that's almost – it fits what they do because they want the game to be a pinball game. They, 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 they thrive in that, like that kind of Leroy Jenkins kind of game. That's that's exactly what they want. And, and so they're going to they're going to pressure on you defense. They're going to put pressure on you offensively. Um, and they're really what they're going to do is do everything they can to sell out the run and make you take shots downfield. And if mm. you complete those, if you complete those or you have an offensive line as good as Georgia's, you're going to be OK. Um, <laughs> but if you, don't, if you don't have either one of those things, then um, they're, they're going to put you in an uncomfortable situation. South Carolina is a 20-and-a-half-point underdog. It opened at 19. The money's all gone to the balls, yet the spread has not gone up. Uh, I think if you're looking for a silver lining from a South Carolina standpoint, Tennessee's not played a night road game in the SEC this year. They played very few road games. I mean, you know, LSU is one of the toughest places to play in the country, significantly not as tough during the day in terms of crowd noise. And Tennessee did a great job taking that crowd completely out of it as it was. Uh, Pitt is a – I don't know how many Vols fans were up at Pitt, but uh, uh, it, it's not exactly crazy. You know, I mean, it, it's good environment for both those games. Uh, so, any concern on that part? You know, uh, that, that hey, this is a this is a different type of environment than we've thrived in, uh, or, or or any concern at all on that end. I don't know if concern's the right word. I think uh, awareness is the right word, and and there are a lot of juniors and seniors throughout this depth chart on both sides. A lot of these guys have played at South Carolina before. They have, they know that anytime you go on the road in this league and you don't strap it up, you're liable to get hurt. And and I think um, what's interesting is Jalen Hyde had a really good quote earlier this year, and he said that he thinks this Tennessee team is what it is because every coach and every player on this team knows exactly what failure looks like. They know exactly what heartbreak is in terms of on the football field, the adversities and things. And I think these guys on this team know that every time they go, every time Tennessee plays at South Carolina lately, it feels like it's a night game and it feels like it's close. And that's just kind of how it's been. And, you know, it wasn't so long ago this team lost a chance to play for an SEC title because it went there and, and laid an egg. And, and I think these guys have a real awareness of that. They, they know that, you know, South Carolina also been a better team at night than it has during the day this season. Maybe there's nothing to that. Maybe there is. I don't know. Um, but I think that makes the start for this game so, so, so important. Because Tennessee, like I said earlier, Leroy Jenkins, they're coming out at you fast. They're coming out hard. And they want to put you in the turf before you know what happened. And if they do that, I think with the way South Carolina played last week, a couple of other disappointing losses this season, I think then you get a chance to really put it on them. Because there will be a lot of Tennessee fans there. And that, that environment could, could change quickly. However, 
You've also got, you know, 2001 plan. You got the light show, the fireworks. Williams Bryce is a tough place to play at night. If South Carolina comes out and makes some plays early, okay, game on. You know, that's kind of that's kind of how it is. And, and so I think for me, the first few drives of this game are so important because I think they're going to dictate how the rest of the night goes. And if South Carolina comes out and starts well, I think Tennessee's in for a fight. I really do. Um, I think they'll win, but I think they're in for a fight uh, because uh, – it's just say what you will about Beamer. He will get those guys excited and ready to go play the game in terms of being in terms of their their sort of energy level. They'll be ready to go at night there. Um, but the start's going to be really important. Absolutely. I'm in complete agreement with that. Well, Wes, we appreciate you joining us. Take a time out of your day or you coming to Columbia or you got somebody else from the site going down or are you going to Columbia? Yeah, I'm going going down there um, for sure. I'm not going to miss not going to miss these games. So um I look forward to it. It's always a nice trip. It's, um, you know, I like, the, I like the press box there. I like the, uh, I like the environment there, good places to eat. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, plus I'm, I'll be away from a crying baby for, for uh, a couple of days. Yeah. So congratulations. No, by way. I'm, yeah, 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 I'm not complaining about that. As much as I love that little guy, especially his, his, you know, his mom's been out of town. This oh, week, which has you- been, Daddy dude, oh daddy dude, he's all oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turnabout's fair play, I, man. Yeah. What have I done, <laughs> Mr. Um, Mom? You know. <laughs> yeah, I heard I was a really, really terrible kid when I was little too. So, um, and he's normally a really good one, but whew, if I tell you what, every time she goes out of town for work, even if it's just like for a couple of days, this time it was a few days. I have much more respect for every single parent who's ever done this. <laughs> Those are the heroes. Every single one of them needs a medal pinned to their chest all the time. They need they wear capes. Single parents wear capes. I don't know how especially the the women who do this, no idea how they do it. They're they're heroes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well Wes, uh, have a good one. Enjoy your trip down the mountains uh to Columbia and uh, we'll talk with you real soon. Don't be a stranger, man. Anytime, guys. Normally, I'm in the studio, and it looks and sounds better, but I'm I'm, I'm glad we were able to make it work. Hey, this was one of the better car interviews we've had. You and yeah, Hale McGran- yeah. You and Hale McGranahan are now tied for the car. We, we had a guy come on one time that sounded like uh, Bane from Batman the whole time from his car. We had to cut it short. So it was one of the greatest car interviews we've ever had. So we appreciate it, man. Oh, no problem. Thank, thank Bose for the microphone. So it's not it's not me. My voice sucks. Oh, Bose is fancy. That's awesome. All right, all right Wes. Take fancy. care, man. Fancy. See y'all. See. You. Fancy Wes Rucker joining us there. Uh, Wes is good people, and uh, I think he makes a good point about the start. I, I, you know, we, I think we've avoided talking about the start this week, Phil, because we talk about it every single week when it comes to the Gamecocks. But if there but, is going to be any hope, it, it starts at the beginning of the yeah, game. The, the better start you have, the longer you're going to stay in it, the longer they're going to come back from commercial, and the place is going to be rocking with the lights and – you know, it's a big commercial for the Gamecocks. You know, that's kind of how I see it from a football standpoint. I just, I, you know, I don't know. It, you know, I don't know what the plan's going to be to stop on either side, especially defense. I don't know. Anyway, we got to get a break. Whittle's coming up after the, these messages on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, to talk a little hoops, and then we'll wrap it up with more from the Nana Sports chat box.
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. 
Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is this is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgess and team at Remax at the Lake. If Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at a Burgesson, that's a e r g e s o n at remax.net. And we're joined on the guest line by none other than the Big Spurs, John Whittle. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad, glad to be back with you guys. Yeah, I like, happy to have you. Mm-hmm. I like the background. Yeah. The, the, the trophies and jerseys and stuff. Is there some Arsenal stuff back there? Yeah, we got a uh, – Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> I saw the flag. I wanted to see the flag, man. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, they follow uh, soccer, European soccer. Woodle is a huge Arsenal fan. So that's uh, – I knew I, I was looking for that. Uh, John, Carolina basketball uh, today, men's. Uh, this tournament down in Charleston, I, you know, when I look at it, I think it's kind of an opportunity. Uh, there's some good teams, some some coaches that we're all familiar with, obviously. Uh, Pat Kelsey, Nico Medved tonight. Uh, 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 Furman's coach, God, how do I – Bob Ritchie. Gosh, how did I forget that name? Uh, Mike Young from Virginia Tech. Uh, looks like it's a pretty good tournament. Uh, how do you see this as an opportunity for this sort of uh, evolving young team to continue to be uh, encouraging? Yes, the Ray Tanner interview invitational, I think, with, uh, <laughs> with so many coaches who were in the mix, quote unquote, for the for the job last year. No, it's uh, it, it's a great looking tournament, to, to be honest with you. Uh, eight, eight teams that, you know, all all have, uh, you know, something. So, so I don't want to say something to prove, but something that they can bring to the table in terms of a quality opponent. Right. Like they've. Uh, South Carolina will face either Charleston or or uh, or Davidson after after they play Colorado State tonight. Uh, Colorado State was obviously in the tournament last year, got an at-large bid from the Mountain West, um, gave Michigan a little bit of a game in the tournament, but, you know, a, a really good team with an, an established coach out there. So it, it's a great tournament to be in, and, and I like the fact that they're playing in South Carolina this year. Uh had the opportunity to expose Lamont Paris in the, in the program to the fan base uh, down there. And, you know, I, I think it's a really good tournament to be in good format, three games in four days. So it, it'll be a good time. Yeah. I also, uh, as a reminder, for those of you in the upstate in December, South Carolina is part of a triple header with Furman and Clemson at the Bon Secours wellness arena in Greenville in that part of the state. And I like the, I like that I'm with you, John, I think, Getting the team out around the state is really good and outside of Columbia for exposure. And uh, Gamecocks will play East Carolina in that uh, triple header uh, at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena, where they're undefeated, by the way, in men's basketball. Uh, the game against Clemson, uh, your, your take on that, uh, obviously, I think every Gamecock person alive realizes it was a, a big win. It's a big win anytime you beat those guys. But, you know, what impressed you about this team's kind of resiliency? I guess. I mean, uh, you got a young team. They kind of got up on, or a, a new team, I guess. They kind of got up on them, blew a lead, and, and then Chico Carter saves the day at the end. Uh, you know, what can you say about the, the way that team battled uh, against the Tigers? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good because you look at it and South Carolina's better players didn't play all that great. I mean, I thought Gigi played well, but Amici Johnson should probably be the, the the best player on the on the team behind him. And, you know, he, he was nursing the ankle injury, but he, he was one of eight, had four turnovers, three or four turnovers, I guess, and and uh, only scored three points. And, you know, if, if Michi Johnson is only going to score three points a game for South Carolina this year, it's going to be a really long year. Uh, so him not playing well, Hayden Brown didn't play great. I mean, he, he did, he did okay. He, he knocked down a couple of, a couple of key shots and got it played a little bit better late in the game, grabbed a couple of key, key rebounds late, but you know, he was three of 12 from the floor and, and scored nine, like, He's 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 going to be a little bit better than that for South Carolina to 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 be really good this year. And Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk, he had seven turnovers in sixteen. Mm. Minutes. He's supposed to be a starter. He's coming back from the foot injury, um, but he he didn't he didn't play well, obviously. So, you know, those are supposed to be probably three of South Carolina's five or six best players who 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 played not all that great and, and still beat still still won the game. So. You know, you look at Chico Carter and what he did. You look at Jacoby Wright and what he did. You look at Josh Gray and what he did. And those were the guys who, who really kind of carried South Carolina apart from G.G. Jackson. So I, I thought it was a good team win overall. I, I thought Josh Gray is a guy who really turned that game in, in South Carolina's favor because we, we forget Clemson got out to a, a, re, a really good start in that game and, and led by as many as six, you know, early in the game, went up 14 to eight. Uh, I think it was, and and um, you know, they most of those points came in the interior, right around the basket, and you know whether it was offensive rebounds, interior passing to get a dunk, um, you know, guards slashing in from from the wing, whatever it was, you know, they they were controlling the interior, and Josh Gray came in and and, and changed that story. You know, he he influ- he influenced shots, altered shots, blocked a few shots, had ten rebounds. Um, you know, he, he played a great game and, and to me, he, he was, he was the, the player of the game. So, you know, I, I, I thought overall, uh, it was a, it was, it was a solid game for the Gamecocks, but they can play a lot better than, than what they did. Yeah, John, I think, um, you know, one of the things we put up a Twitter poll this week asking about whether or not we were encouraged by the performance in the first two games from the basketball team. I think you just kind of hit on one of the. Uh, key reasons why I thought we should be encouraged is that, you know, in the Clemson game, our best players didn't necessarily play up to that specific level we were expecting them to, but we still were able to come away with a win. Um, a lot of people are looking at South Carolina State, you know, only skating on a, a three-point win. But how about you? Where do you feel? Are you encouraged by this year's team? Uh, should we should we keep on rolling with the Lamont Paris, you know, early in here and, and not kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater just because we're only winning close? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got I can't tell you how many messages I got about how awful the South Carolina State game was and disappointing uh, <laughs> it was. And and I kept saying, Yeah, I see the score, but I I thought it was okay. Like I I, I like the way the team played, you know. SE State hit some some crazy ridiculous threes that uh you know it, it was their night and they played really well. Um and you didn't really know what to expect with that team under a new coach. And they had a couple of old guys who, who really shot lights out. And, and you know, I, I came away from that game actually pretty encouraged. Uh, I come away from 
from uh, the Clemson game pretty encouraged. Like, but there's a lot to clean up. Like, 19 turnovers um, the the other night against Clemson. That's that's not gonna let you allow you to win many games at all. Uh, but you know, as, as these guys grow together, is is gonna be a lot better in, in my opinion. Like. Lamont Paris made the point after the game, like Hayden Brown and Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk hadn't really even practiced together. Like Hayden Brown missed almost uh, – he, he he missed m- much of the preseason coming into this, missed month and a half close to it with a hamstring injury. He was doing a little bit here and there. You know, when Hayden finally got healthy enough to get back on the court and practice and Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk goes down with a – with a foot injury and and he missed a, about a week of practice. So, you know, the, these guys are still getting used to each other, still, still growing together. And that's part of it. Uh, you have to win games along the way though. And so far they're winning the games along the way. You mentioned Josh Gray. That, that's a guy I've always kind of been intrigued by. It's probably cause like I'm a football guy and this, this cat's seven foot and 270 pounds and really athletic and all. Do you think he's played? He's one that I kind of I had a feeling. I was like, well, either the coaching change for him is going to be really, really good or really, really bad. It looks like it's really, really good, uh, just based on uh, the way he played the other night. I mean, didn't uh, light up the scoreboard scoring or anything, but ten rebounds, playing the defense he did. Man, that's kind of what uh, a little bit what what you envisioned when when they signed him uh, out of the portal from LSU, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and with Josh, it comes down to just doing well what you do well and not trying to, to do too much. Like at LSU, they were wanting him to, you know, hit 15-foot jumpers. Why? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Like, they wanted him it, – it just – it didn't make sense. Like, do what you do well. And there is a role for guys who can – can play good interior defense, block shots, rebound the basketball, and and just be competent enough around the rim to to catch and score, catch and go up and score. Like he's he can do those things. Like he's not going to be a guy who's going to step out and hit a fifteen footer. He's not going to be a guy who's necessarily a great passer of the basketball and is going to and going to hit backdoor cuts to to a slashing guard or something like that. Like that's that's not really his game. Go in there and and be the Hulk that you are, and and bully people around in, in the post. Uh, score score a couple of baskets when when you've got a good matchup, but but be just be a guy down there to be a presence. And there's enough enough skill at the four position, uh, depending on who you're playing over there, to where you know you can have some offense on the interior and and do some different things as well when he's in the game. So just go in there, be who you are, do what you do well. And and that is, that's something that can be very useful for the South Carolina team. All right. Wrap it up with John Whittle from the big spur.com. Uh, Sonder ask if you are uh, heading to Charleston, are you going to Charleston? I will be there tomorrow and I will be there on Sunday. Alex uh, Jones will be down there uh, tonight for us to cover the Colorado state game. I will be uh, helping out a little bit from home base and, and listening to the Shane Beamer call-in show tonight. Oh. Uh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Repeat yeah, this. Are you on call-in show duty? I, I got call-in show duty tonight. So. Nice. For those that don't know, nobody nobody does the call-in show like Will. It's, it's, oh. it's, 
it's one of our subscribers on the bigsurprise.com's favorite things. I know many of you remember. So there you go. There's some good news. Uh, you can get there and, and get Whittle's great coverage of the call-in show today. All right, man. Well, great stuff on basketball. Appreciate you joining us. I know this won't be the last time. And uh, keep up the good work and have a good day. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. John Whittle from TheBigSpur.com. Yeah, looking forward to this game night. Gamecocks, like uh, Chris said earlier, one-and-a-half-point favorite. The ESPN predictor has the Gamecocks, I think, last I checked, like 54%. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's good. Sonder, can you send me an email about the mic? I'll do whatever you need me to do because uh, I agree with you, and that's the last thing I want is people – my mic – and my, my it's been an issue, and I, I just need to – you know, I, I think I'm pretty decent at being only air. But I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a technical genius, and, and Phil's in Phil's in a different city, so I can't I can't really. So send me, I would help send me if a, I could. Yeah, so send me an email with some tips because I I've, I've taped my cord in. I just I just don't know what's going on, and it's been that is way it sitting like on the desk. Is that what it is? It's actually sitting on the desk. Maybe you need a it's, stand. It's, it's clamped to the desk. To the to, to, actually, it's a my desk is like a dining room table. It's like a big. Well, yeah, I mean, table. yeah. Mine too. So, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we don't do desk here. It's uh, no. I took over the formal dining room and it's kind of my studio, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's in, inside the game guys at gmail.com. Um, so back to football. <laughs> Great. Freaking football. Uh, there are some official visitors coming in this weekend. Uh, I think there's some commitments coming in. Um, I'm getting to those right now. Montague Rames is coming in uh, from uh, the four-star defensive end uh, that recently went up in the rankings a little bit uh, out of Manning, who's going to be a big help to the program down the road. This is an intriguing guy from uh, Shamana Madonna in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, that was Akeem Auguste's school, by the way. Oh, uh, Edwin Joseph, six foot, 178 pounds, fast South Florida kid. Uh, the Gamecocks want him as a receiver. Others are recruiting as a corner. Uh, gosh, I think he'd be a nice pickup, you know, and he, he's an uncommitted player. Uh, I guess the crystal ball has him to Miami, and uh, I don't. I think Miami may have moved on from him. He's visited Penn State, Louisville, Auburn, uh, visited Auburn last weekend. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see Louisville, Penn State. I mean, Gamecocks are probably not – as high as some other teams heading into the visit. But if he can have a great visit, you can get him great. Uh, give me all the South Florida guys I can yeah. find. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm not picky. It's, the South Florida dudes are fast and furious and, and all that. So that's uh, that's the official visit uh, deal for this weekend. So uh, that's the deal right there. Um, but, yeah, lo- looking at it, I you know, you, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, you know. For this game, and, and I think every other game this year, I've thought, well, you know, because you played Arkansas and Georgia so early, you you're kind of like, well, how how good is this team? How good is this team not? Um, you know that kind of thing. I, I was concerned about Missouri, but thought they'd pull it out in a low scoring game, just because it's embarrassing for the University of South Carolina to lose four straight to Missouri. And it was embarrassing what happened last year in Columbia, Missouri. And so you think, you know, especially when it comes to the offense, all year, because you got embarrassed out there last year when you shouldn't have against a bad defense, you'd think maybe, hey, you know, I got a little something for Missouri this time. And instead it was worse. Um, 
I, I was I was not as concerned with Vandy as I was prior to game week because I thought, well, this will be an opportunity to bounce back. Um, for the life of me, I didn't expect him to be shut out at Florida. No. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know what you know. Sometimes during this Beamer era, we've 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 been pleasantly surprised and brutally surprised. Um, but I've, there, there's been you find a way for hope in in, in every single game because. Um, there are no locks in the sport. It, 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 you know, there's always like a 5% chance things can break your way. Upsets happen any given Saturday. Uh, you know, unless you're playing a team with like an extremely uh, t- a talent deficiency, right? Like, like an Eastern Illinois last year or Charlotte or SC State, uh, somebody like that. Or if you, you want to flip it, Carolina against Georgia. But uh, – you know, South Carolina has good football players. Tennessee has good football players. West broke down some of their personnel. I can tell you that uh, some of these guys weren't all that heavily recruited. They're just good, you know. No. Um, and some of some of them, you know, like Brew McCoy was heavily recruited, but then Brew McCoy was on the fast track to Bustville. <laughs> uh, mm. Ramel Keaton was like a four-star guy that did nothing. He signed under Pruitt's done nothing, and he's playing well. I mean, small and right were not – you know, top tier guys. Hooker was a low four star guy, um, so you know I, I think that's the that's the deal there. So you know, you never know. Talent for talent, you know. And, and I, I think if Marshawn Lloyd were healthy, which I think that's up in the air again, um, you'd think well, there's a shot. I, I think you know what 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 with what Wes said about Tennessee's defense being susceptible to big plays. South Carolina had been capable of big plays. I mean, you know, you're going to throw, you're going to throw the Arkansas playbook out there at them. Uh, You know, I mean, what do you do? That's my question. And and my concern is, is that they're going to try to cover everything on defense zone. They're going to zone, trying to zone them up and tackle them like Georgia. And then I have the hosses Georgia's got, right. Especially Mm -hmm. in the linebacking core. Uh, I think what Pitt did against them would be smarter. Pat Narduzzi was on the record as saying, you just man their asses up. <laughs> That's what he said. Pat Narduzzi said that. Man yeah. their asses up mm-hmm. and uh, and go from there. So uh, uh, I think you got to take that, you know, just devil may care defense, you know, like what do you got to lose? Yeah. You I know, mean, just, just throw it at them. <laughs> I just, I, I do those exotic pressures and, 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 mm-hmm. And I honestly think, you know, South Carolina's corners, their DBs in general, are probably decent enough uh, to, to win their share of battles against these guys. You know, if you manned them up, they're going to give up some big plays. But uh, also, uh, I think that another way you disrupt this is getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's been easier said than done. But, you know, Carolina – has some defensive linemen who should be able to go in there and do some things. I, I you know, heck, if linebackers aren't going to cover, send them to shoot, just send the house, blitz every play. Um, That's one of the things that I, you know, liked or didn't really like about what was going on in the Twitter exchange last night is, you know, that guy you were talking about, you know, puts up a picture of Zach Pickens and says, well, he's never seen anything as fast as Tennessee. I'm like, he, well, again, except for he last did. year. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. you know, he, he played he against did. Tennessee last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Zach Pickens. Yeah, uh, Pickens will play. P- P- Pickens 
has had consistently really good games and has made himself some money. Uh, another factor is it's senior night. And a lot of these guys that, that are that are walking or whatever played so a lot of football around here, man. And, and it's their last game at Williams Bryce, you know. So uh it's now or never. So so on that side of the ball, you know, I you know, you just really don't know. I mean, you know, what the, what the, what you should do game plan wise, you know, all that stuff. But I would I would do what Narduzzi did because Nard- Pitt, Pitt slowed them at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Pitt slowed them down. Pitt would have won that game had Pitt's starting quarterback and backup quarterback not been hurt. Pitt's yeah, backup quarterback was playing on one leg at the end. Um, so, uh, And that game went to overtime. But, uh, boy, if, if, that, if Carolina-Tennessee goes to overtime, oh, that's – even if the Vols win, that's not a moral victory. I mean, there's no moral victories, right? No. But that will be a big, big deal in terms of the showcase, you know, because everybody will be talking about it across the country. Um, So that brings me to, back to the offense. I don't have any faith he's going to know what to do. I mean, I, I think – and I've watched, I've watched Tennessee all year because I said the same thing. Common sense says mm-hmm. – how you beat a team like this is you 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 control the ball, you line up, you run it, um, you stay on the field. Um, I thought that was a great plan last year, uh, and then the Gamecocks finally the, the run game bust out, and we all know what happened with the the the, the Jordan Birch pass RIP. Um, do you go with DeCarry and Joiner and and figure out? And I'm saying all this, uh, admitting and realizing that none of it will happen. Right. <laughs> and understanding that, you know, the chances of anything and I'm not even I'm not a coach, man. I'm just uh, I'm just talking ball here. The chances of any of these ideas making it to the field. I, I think you're going to see something a lot like Florida tight formations. Yeah. That 12 know, personnel with well, a single. Grind it yeah. up, you know, like you're in the NFL and, know. you know, run clock or whatever. Uh, so whoever mentioned Jay Wright mentioned Joyner earlier. I, what I like about that possibility is he is much better suited to scramble out, get first downs, move the chains like Connor Shaw. Do you guys remember what Coach Spurrier did during the Shaw years and and even the the Garcia years during the five-game win streak against Clemson? Clemson went fast. Not this fast, but they went fast. And and what you do is you you ran it. Shaw would dart up for first downs. You threw past, selectively passed, and, you know, took some shots down the field. Uh, from time to time, and uh, and st- you stayed on the field, and then Clemson wasn't all that good on defense at the time, um, and so you you know you kept them from scoring, and you beat them uh, with a massive time of possession advantage. Uh, I don't think Satterfield's capable of doing anything like that. No, um, I mean you don't. You know, I, I, I'd love to see some 50-50 balls to a really you know talented receiver core, and you know down the field across the middle. But I mean, you just what have we got to go on, JC, that says that's going to happen? I mean, the, the, the problem would be the problem is this: is that you look at it and you're like, well, player to player, you got Spencer Rattler, Josh Van, Jaheim Bell, um, you know, Juice Wells. Dare I say, Amari and Brown? I mean, you've got some receivers that. And a quarterback in Spencer Rattler, uh, who has the arm talent to make some plays against what is a suspect uh, Tennessee D. The, the question becomes: Is he going to get them off? Is he going to get the? Is he going to get the passes off? These these slow developing passes aren't going to cut it, man. Ask Brian Kelly and Brian and the LSU had a good game plan with them, man. LSU came in the game and said, "We're going to run zone read. 
with, with Daniels and try to stay mm-hmm. on the field and all that. And it just doesn't work because what they do is they're like, all right, you want to do that? We're so we're going to sell out and stop it. And if you complete a long pass on us to score a touchdown, that's fine because we're going to come right back and put our, puts our offense back on the field. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is one of the best examples of complimentary football, Phil, I've seen in a long time in college football. And you got to hats off to Josh Heupel for doing it. I mean, Heupel wasn't the, the – they, they didn't – nobody was waiting at the airport in, in Knoxville to give him a kiss uh, when he was hired like uh, they were for Nick Saban at Bama uh, or anywhere else. Um, and then uh, – yeah, and he's just come in there and just laid it all on the table. It's like, hey, all right, well, fine. Uh, we're just going to – this is what we're going to do. We're at Tennessee. We're going to go fast. We're going to be super aggressive All and put pressure on the other team all the time, which is kind of what Beamer said when he was hired. Yeah, which is what we were – yeah, we were expecting from the yeah, center field offense. But, uh, you know, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have – we should have known better, man. Uh, and, and, you know – you get all these players in, you don't evolve, blah, 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 blah. So that, that, that's my final point here today. Uh, Carolina's got the players on offense to score. I, I just don't have any faith in the plan. Uh, and I, I think, I think unfortunately, my my opinion and my guess is you're going to see something that plays right in Tennessee's hands Saturday. Yeah. Now, it may not it – may, now, now, it may it may be the right plan for Clemson the following week, but – we all know. But that means we wouldn't use it. Yeah, we all know they're they're going to Clemson, going five wide, chucking it all over the place, right? Right, spread it out, and then so, you know, run Shipley up the middle or around the side or wherever you want to. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> All right, thanks for everyone for joining us. Thanks to uh, Chris Phillips uh, of the Spurs Up Show. As always, he's here every Thursday. I'm about to be on the Spurs Up Show myself. If you guys pop over there uh, in about uh, 14 minutes, thanks to Wes Rucker from Falls Two Four Seven, and especially thanks. Uh, to John Whittle. Tomorrow we'll review the basketball game. We'll have predictions for Saturday's football game. Um, talk about the next basketball game, which is will be one Friday too. Uh, and of course, all of you and a whole lot of fun right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show for Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert. Have a great day, everyone.